You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much. Welcome to Tabletop Arcanum, this is Justin, and I'm bringing you a complete review of Cartographers. This is going to be a comparison episode, and at the end, I will rank order of what I suggest you pick up in the Cartographers line. Now, we are going to look at each map pack individually, as well as the differences between Cartographers and Cartographers Heroes, and even touch a little bit on what the Cartographers Heroes Collector's Edition does. All that said, if you haven't heard our take on Cartographers Core Game, definitely give that episode a listen, as the core mechanics are relatively the same throughout most of these modules, and I'm going to be more highlighting the differences in this complete review of the expansions. So let's dive in. First, impressions of Cartographer's Collector's Edition box for Heroes was this beautiful box. Does bulk up a flip and write game quite a bit. However, they were nice enough to future-proof quite a bit in there. So if you do pick up the Collector's Edition, it does have Cartographer's Heroes, the first three map packs, a mini map pack expansion, as well as the colored pencils that Thunderworks Games makes. And the tray will hold all six map packs and core cartographers all in it at once. Now it is a full box, and if there is a seventh or beyond map pack, we're going to need another solution for those. But as currently released, this does hold everything all the pads all the pencils all of the rules all of the cards you name it and even depending on what thickness sleeves you use you might be able to even squeeze sleeve cards in those trays as well i tend not to on this one because there's less shuffling between all of the events also the more you play the more room you're going to have as those score pads are going to thin down so Let's first look at what Cartographer's Heroes does a little bit differently from the core game. One major thing that it does is it gives you another set of season cards, as well as an alternate set of exploration cards. And you can use either one, you don't want to mix and match, but you can use one set versus the other. The Cartographer's Heroes does not include the ruins, but you can include them in either set of exploration cards. Likewise, there's new scoring cards, so right out the gate you are expanding the number of scoring options you have, which then expands the replayability of this game. One notable feature that Heroes does include a little bit differently than the core game is the Heroes cards, just in the name. One piece about this is they help you figure out how to manage those monster cards a little bit better. Uh, They can kill monsters. But then they also prevent monsters from showing up in spaces in the future, which can be very powerful abilities. And various heroes will have various attack patterns, so you're drawing different patterns on your map for those. Overall, between Cartographers and Cartographer Heroes, I would say Heroes has a little bit of an edge. It has a little bit more flavor into it. There's nothing wrong with the original Cartographers. I, in fact, like some of the original scoring cards. My personal set is blended between those two. Now... Moving on to the meat, the six different maps that change up what you are drawing and adding a little bit of rules into each one. The nice thing is 
most of them are self-contained, so you don't necessarily need to worry about overloading your gameplay experience with seven new rule sets when you add heroes and the sex map packs together. We'll walk through a little bit of them in order, give you a little bit of an overview, and then give you, finally, that ranking at the end of where ones I like the most, and if you had to pick and choose how you approach from coming from nothing. So map pack one is Nebulous. This is the Plane of Flame, and it has a big feature called a volcano on it, which has some volcano cards put into the exploration deck that really do kind of screw up your game and then start destroying spaces. Gives you a little bit more unpredictability and overall keeps it a little bit on your toes. In the games I've played, the volcano cards have been interesting to mess around with, but not necessarily so devastating to the game that I had to dramatically alter my strategy. I may have to think about it a little bit. Overall, it does twist up the play a little bit with those volcano cards. Next up is the uh, Afril, the Plane of Knowledge. This is Map Pack 2. This one actually has six unique islands that are much smaller maps to draw on, a unique scoring card, which is replacing your standard pattern card in the game. Nice thing about that one is by replacing that pattern card, it does tie very strongly into the scoring of how the Afro map works. Uh, the interesting thing that this map offers is the need to connect the different islands and you have to get coins to do so. So it does make you make a couple more interesting gameplay choices along the way, as well as you have to be a little bit more creative with your shapes and those exploration cards. Third map pack and the last one that would be included in the Heroes Collector's Edition is the Undercity, or the Depths of Sabak. Now, again, this offers another unique placement, just like the Plane of Knowledge, and there's an above and below section on your board, and you need to connect through the gate at all times, so you're chaining your cards a little bit more. And likewise, it does have a unique pattern setup scoring cards that you would use as opposed to the standard ones. What I did find was first side of the map was a little interesting, but the back side or the second side of the map where you get to choose where to draw the gate gives players a little bit more flexibility, a little more fun to go around in that one. Now, first of the newer map packs, map pack four, it's Frozen Expanse, the Realm of Frost Giants. This one offers a couple new ambush cards that would be used during this, but you can use them in other cards. Likewise, there is an additional hero both the ambush cards and hero would be used in this, and the two extra ambush and the three extra heroes would be randomized uh, out of your collection. Now, the other big piece that the Frozen Expanse offers is there's a frozen link, which acts like a oversized mountain, if you will. If you surround it, you get a bunch of extra coins. And they also include scouted spaces, which are little faded terrains already on there. They can only be filled with that particular terrain type, at the end of summer and winter scoring, if you fill those unique scouted spaces, they get you some extra points too. It gives you a couple more goals as you work through the game, changing up your approach to it. Map Pack 5, Kethra's Step, uh, Red Tooth and Gold Belly. Now this one has two beacons that if you surround them like a mountain, 
activate the beacon and there is a fifth scoring card that typically gives you a penalty unless you cover up around those uh, red tooth and gold belly areas and there's a bit of a range typically about two spaces away on both of them depending on which side of the map you're on and what it really does is it gives you this extra opportunity that if you do like those beacons there is some extra points definitely available and may not be able to get you those points right away but gives you a lot more to work with when you're talking about scoring lastly map pack six this one is coming out soon individually but is part of a bundle currently from thunderworks games just like map pack five and this is hornhelm the wasteland market comes with an extra thick scoring pad because there's some merchant cards so what you do is between each season, you have a merchant that opens up and a secondary sheet that has a three by three grid and you're able to buy some additional powers and abilities with that. All of them will give you additional rules that if you fill in, you can fill in a journal track and that will get you extra points at the end. It gives you a lot more uses for your coins that you've earned throughout the game that you'll spend and then maybe not score in the future. However, the map itself stays pretty standard to the core game there's canyons there's mountains there's ruins but unlike most of the other maps it doesn't actually add any additional features other than those market cards and abilities that come in as an extra scoring opportunity for yourself so six map packs two core games the mini expansion that i didn't even talk about yet is skills which can be included to give yourself an even deeper more options in your cartographers games overall cartographers as a whole package start to end can be as simple or as complex as you want ranging essentially in complexity from map pack one all the way up through map pack six each one gets a little trickier to manage as you go along as far as things to remember especially map pack six because you have those merchant cards with the powers you mark them off but you have to remember if you depending on what you're filling out in your placement, whether those abilities are going to trigger and get you some journal track points or not. Since everything does fit in the Cartographer Hero Collector's Edition box, it does offer a great storage solution. Each of the map packs does have their rule sheets right with them, as well as any additional cards, which again, fit all in that Collector's Edition box, which is always a beautiful thing to see with that forward thinking when that box was originally available and map packs four through six were not out yet. Let's break down my least favorite to most favorite maps and then I will talk about a short version of a buying guide of what order I believe to best approach cartographers if you have nothing. Starting at the bottom of the pack I feel Neblis the Plane of Flame doesn't do much uh, to me in this regard. While it does add those volcano cards, it didn't really add much more to the gameplay beyond that for myself. And the games I've played of Neblis, it's there, but only if those particular cards pop up through the exploration deck, which may or may not even happen for you. I had one game where the volcano only showed up in one of the four seasons and not really having a major impact on the game whatsoever. Following map pack one would be map pack four, of Frozen Expanse. While we do get a couple extra monsters, the scouting tiles or the scouting spaces I thought were interesting, 
and I do like them as a mechanic. However, it never really landed with me with those particular abilities and features. I always found the other maps more interesting, and I would be choosing them over Frozen Expanse most of the time. Coming in at fourth place is Map Pack 6, Hornhelm. As much as I really want to like Hornhelm, I believe it added a little too much management in cartographers for what I really enjoy about the game. Some people are going to really enjoy having that marketplace and extra abilities and extra points features available to them, but since it was on a secondary sheet and not necessarily always the same choices for every player, it became a larger burden on players to remember that they had a secondary sheet with a scoring mechanics depending on where they put their placement. And depending on what marker card flipped and what marker card uh, or market item you bought through that phase, it does dictate some of your gameplay, which I'm not opposed to, and it's actually one of the things I like about Hornhelm, but the extra management and the extra thought to remember to use those and mark those abilities on that journal is why it took fourth place for me. Coming in third is going to be Map Pack 3, and that's Undercity. Now, Undercity has a lot going for it. I do like the fact that the placement and rules to make sure you have a... The placement rules that happen in above and below ground sections I thought was fantastic, and to have a restriction to have a continuous path traced back to the gate meant that you had to be more careful about your placement of your shapes. And that's why I think it has a lot of flavor and a lot of interesting choices that you have to make, whether you're surrounding specific mountain spaces, going, having to tangle with ruins if you're using the ruin cards. And really, if you're messing around with uh, monster ambushes, it can be very, very challenging to deal with. Giving it definitely a higher place in my game and keeping the rules simple allows the core cartographer feeling to stay true. Likewise, that leads into my second favorite map and that was after the plane of knowledge. Now map pack two here had a fantastic little feature with the islands and the scoring mechanics are surrounding those using your coins to connect the islands to expand how much map you have available to you was something that I really enjoy playing with. Some of the shapes give you a lot more challenging and that spatial puzzle is what really drives my interest in cartographers and why Afril takes that second place position. Number one, if you've been following along, is gonna be Map Pack 5. And the beacons are lit and I love playing this map. Figuring out when and if I should light beacons was a delight that I did not know I would get out of this map pack. And with the fifth scoring card using that, and typically you do want to light them, and you want to light them early so you can get the extra points. However, those beacon cards can be a real pain to deal with if you're not getting the right card flips out of the exploration deck. So overall, it is a puzzle that I like to come back to, and it keeps giving me a fresh take on that puzzle. So. Map Pack 5 is taking my number one slot on this one. That all being said, you cannot go wrong with expanding your Cartographer's game, whether you want a little bit of change with the simpler Map Packs, or if you want larger changes to your gameplay with Map Pack 5 or 6. All of them are a fantastic choice to add to your game, 
and your experience is going to definitely differ from mine depending on where you approach the game. So, if you have nothing for Cartographers and you want to start, I highly recommend getting Cartographers Heroes. If you think you're going to really like the game, I would then I would definitely splurge for the Collector's Edition version of Cartographers Heroes because you get the complete storage solution, you have your colored pencils, and you get the first three map packs all in the box ready to go. So it is a ton of game bundled together for you. And I think it's a highly great value. Either way, Heroes or Collector's Edition Hero, then recommend usually a map pack. Next, I would highly recommend map packs five or six if you definitely want a new flavor and see cartographers do something fresh. Map pack one through four, keep a lot of the core mechanics keep things very stable without adding too much to the game and if you're looking for that they are fantastic maps to do so with but if you really want to change up and see what this game mechanism can do map packs four and five are definitely ones to look at first all that being said as long as you have the core cartographer heroes you already have a fantastic game and if you need to pimp out your game, I do highly recommend colored pencils, whether you're getting them from your like a local like a local dollar store or you're getting them through Thunderworks. They truly enhance your map making ability, um, color coding your map. And really, you're making maps. Why not make them pretty? Hopefully this has shined some light on how cartographers collectively has come together for me and my experience with it. Make sure to follow us on our social media. That is Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Hit those likes, subscribe, and follow buttons as appropriate. Thank you for listening, and happy gaming. Tabletop Arcanum produced by Justin Taylor. This episode is hosted by Justin Taylor. Mixing and editing by Richard Geese. Original theme by Paul Moore and Isaac Gilbert. Check the description for this episode's featured background music. You can follow us on most social media platforms. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow, and leave us a review if you would. As always, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.